This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. We are in a teaching series called Divine Companionship. And I just want to start out by saying, just an acknowledgement. It's not easy, nor is it natural for any of us to become the friend of God. Would you be on board with that? If it was easy and natural, we'd all be there. But it's hard. It's difficult. But I would tell you this also. It is so worth it. And it's my prayer that over the next few minutes, we can give all of us in the audience a tool for our life tool belt. And like any other tool, if you leave it in the belt, must well not have it. But if you pull it out and you use it, it can do what no other tool can do. And I happen to believe, and I'll show you some passages in Scripture and so forth, that this tool is part of the creative genius of our loving Heavenly Father. And it's specifically crafted for each of us. So I hope this is a morning of discovery. Because today we're going to talk about personal pathways. And that is understanding how we get close to God. Because it's impossible to have a friendship with God without getting close with him. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, just sort of lays it out for us and says, hey, here's a a principle you need to know. And James says it like this, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Now, there's a little chicken and the egg thing in there. Did you notice? Like, which comes first? Does God draw close to me and then I respond? Or... Does Is it my job to draw close to God and then he responds? Well, it'd be fun to go through scripture because actually both of those are true. And I'm always reminded when I think about this of a good friend of mine when I ask him one day, hey, how did you and your wife meet, fall in love and get married? And he said it to me like this. He said, she chased me till I caught her. It's a little mutual in there. Yeah. But there's definitely a sense in which if we are willing to take the initiative and draw close to God, some amazing things happen. Now, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, I put some pictures up here, and three of them, and here's the first picture. And it's a picture of yeast that's blooming in uh, a Pyrex dish. Yesterday, I made... You would think they're cinnamon rolls. They're not. They are lemon poppy seed rolls. Okay? And you, I know. I shouldn't talk about that. Okay. Um, Anyhow, so I started with some milk, and, and I heated the milk to 105 degrees. Why 105? That's the perfect temperature for yeast to bloom. Okay, for all of you people who are struggle with perfectionism, welcome to my club. Okay, 
So 105 degrees, I took a teaspoon of sugar and sprinkled it across the top of that milk. And then I took a package of dry yeast and sprinkled it. And I set it aside for about, for about seven minutes. And the yeast began to bloom. And then I took the yeast and I mixed it into some dough. And that's the next picture. And once I had it all worked into the dough, then I took the dough and I put it in a warm, preferably 75 to 80 degrees is ideal. Humid, 75% humidity is ideal. Okay. Why, why, do, why do we do all this stuff? Listen, because here's what we know about yeast. If you put it in the right conditions, it blooms and grows. Something happens. It comes to life. Now, if you forget everything else I say today, remember this. You have a spirit that's very much like yeast. And if you take your spirit and you put it in the right circumstances, your spirit will come to life. And it will bloom. And it will grow. And you will experience life like you can't anywhere else. But you know what we would like to do? It's the next picture. Take a look at this one. You can buy a box and it automatically heats to 75 degrees and it keeps the humidity at 75% and you just throw the dough in there and you're good. Pastor, could you give me one of those for my spirit? I could throw my spirit in a box, come back seven minutes later and it's blooming and growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't work that way, okay? Here's what I want all of us to know is this principle. It's so important. I have the power to put my spirit in circumstances to help me get close to God. That's true of every person in this audience today. You have that kind of power. And don't ever think for a minute, it doesn't make any difference what you do with your spirit. It does. You have the power to take that spirit that God gave you and to put it in certain circumstances and it will literally come to life and it will begin to bloom and grow in front of you. But in order to do that, guess what? In order to use that power well, I have to know which circumstances work best for me. Know this about God, he never makes any two of us alike. And I could stand up here and say, just do this and this and this and this and you'll grow. No, because one size doesn't fit all with God. So I want to talk to you about the whole concept of spiritual pathways. And you can see it bubbling up in various places in Scripture, and I'm just going to read four of them today. And we'll start with an Old Testament hero by the name of Daniel. The Bible says Daniel went to pray in an upstairs room in his house. 
which had windows that opened toward Jerusalem. And I won't get into that whole story, but for Daniel, that was really sacred. Goes on to say, three times each day, Daniel would kneel down to pray and thank God. And what's that last phrase? Just as just as he always had done. Daniel had this wonderful habit of taking his spirit and putting it in those exact circumstances because it's something about that caused his spirit to come alive. And it literally, he ordered the rest of his life around it. It was that important. We see a similar thing with Paul, Silas, and Timothy here in Acts chapter 16. On the Sabbath day, we, and if you go back and read the context, that's the Apostle Paul, Silas, his good friend, and Timothy, his good friend, went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. Could they not pray in this city? They could. But there was something about the riverside that somehow opened their spirits to this communication and companionship with God. So they intentionally took their spirit and said, let's go over here where prayer is customarily made. Jesus did the same thing, and I'll read you two instances in his life. The Bible says Jesus repeatedly. What does that mean? More than once, right? It was his usual thing. He repeatedly left the crowds, stealing away into the wilderness to pray. Huh. And one more out of the life of Jesus. Jesus left the city and went to the Mount of Olives, as he often did. And if you know this, this passage, you know this is where Jesus was praying the night before he was crucified. Now, let's just stop for a minute and realize one of these guys is in an upstairs room in his house. One of these guys is down by the river. Jesus is out in the wilderness, and then Jesus is in a grove of olive trees. Those are four very different places, aren't they? But they have one thing in common. And the thing that they have in common is the person is taking their spirit and putting it in a place where they know they can get close to God. Here's the principle. Let me read it to you. In each of these cases, we find people intentionally placing themselves in circumstances where they know they can get close to God. Now, you put all that together, and I want to teach you another spiritual principle, and here it is. Part of God's unique design for each of us is a natural spiritual pathway, or two in some cases, that gets us close to Him. Did you know there are circumstances in your life that will actually naturally get you close to God? And there are circumstances in my life that will naturally get me close to God. But they could be very different from each other. I like to think of this pathway as sort of a natural current. 
You ever try to get in an inner tube and go upstream? How much fun was that? I remember as a kid, not really known for thinking. We're junior and senior in high school, and it's a hot summer day in Iowa, and the Des Moines River is very near where we are, and so we think, that's awesome. Let's go down and jump in the river. So we park our car, we go down and jump in the river, and there's this big log, and we think, that's awesome. We'll get this log out, and we'll get on the log, and, and we'll go down the river. That'll be awesome. And so we get on the log, and, we, and we're going down the river, and we're about 20 minutes down the river, and we realize, wow, we've gone long ways. We better turn around and go back. Have you ever logged a log upstream <laughs> about a mile? <laughs> it took us like four hours to get back to our car and only 20 minutes to get down there. Listen, there is a natural current in your life that will carry you close to God. How important would it be to get in that current. So people have written about this stuff and studied this stuff for more than 1,500 years. Um, and the best research indicates that there are at least seven major spiritual pathways and there's other minor ones that are sort of like branches off of, of this tree trunk. And I just want to read them to us. And then on the chairs where you are, there is a spiritual pathway assessment tool. You're not going to take it this morning, okay? Uh, for those of you that really want to get close to God, I want to encourage you to take the assessment home, spend some time. There are instructions that tell you how to score it. And in the end, you will be able to figure out what is the natural spiritual pathway that gets you close to God. I also want to say this. Before I read through all of these, I want you to know that almost for sure, as I'm reading through them, I'll get to one and you're going to go, oh, that's me. <laughs> that is me. Ah, huh. yeah, listen, this is not because the people who studied this stuff are geniuses. This is because the God who created you made this in you. Okay, so I'm just going to read them and then I'm going to pray, pray over us. And um, and then we'll get on with the rest of our service. Uh, the first kind of major spiritual pathway is the activist pathway. And these people are at their best when they're taking action about something they feel passionate about. They like huge challenges that push them to their limits. They are exhilarated by a fast pace in life. And they often sense God's presence most when they've exhausted themselves meeting some issue head on taking action and living on the ragged edge moves these people close to God. I'm going to give you a name that many of you know, many, many of you won't know because you're new to our church. But if you've been around our church for a while, you know Angela. That's Angela. She would tell you that. Guess what she does for a living? She's an activist for women who have been abused. Yeah. That's how she gets close to God, okay? Next is meditating. I used to beat myself up all the time because I couldn't be one of these. Huh. 
These people love just being alone with God. They thrive when they have extended periods of time with nothing on their agenda except meditating, letting their minds wander in the fields of God's goodness. <clears throat> they have rich inner worlds that often give birth to long seasons of fasting, prayer, and meditation. Being away from people, noise, and schedules moves them close to God. If you've ever read about the monks in monasteries, many of them, this is who they were. That's why I worked for them. That would kill me. <laughs> I've tried that. It doesn't work, all right? But it's awesome. It works for a lot of people. The next is creation. These people thrive when they exit the concrete jungle and surround themselves with nature. Here they get that the heavens declare the glory of God feeling. They come alive when they're surrounded with natural splendor. In nature, they sense God's goodness, generosity toward them, and partnership in life. The sights and sounds of creation move them close to God. You know anybody like that? That happens to be one of mine, okay? Yeah. And other people, it's a tree. It has leaves. They fall on the ground, and I have to rake them. Yeah, different, different things. Here's another one. The intellectual. These people have to have their minds fully engaged before they make spiritual progress. Time out. For those of you who go to Bible study hour here at 8.30 on Sunday mornings, this, my friends, is Gordon. I've known Gordon for years. This is Gordon, right? Goes on to say they love having their brain stretched through study and reading that challenges them to think. Understanding how things work and interrelate to each other fires them up. And once their minds are fully convinced, their hearts quickly follow. Bible study and theological research moves them close to God. And I know many of you have come out of Gordon's class. I love Gordon. Thank God he does that. <laughs> yeah, because that wouldn't work for you, but it does for him. Here's another one, relational. For these people, solitude feels like solitary confinement. It frustrates them, but inject a strong dose of relationship into their pursuit of God and watch what happens. When they pray, worship, serve, or study the Bible with a group of, of people, they feel the presence of God. They get much more out of these activities when they share them with others. Experiencing Christian relationships gets them close to God. We have a person or two in our community group that I'm pretty sure that's them. They just come alive when they get around other people and they say to our group, I am making such spiritual progress, but I couldn't make it without you. Yeah. Here's another one, serving. These people can't seem to catch their spiritual stride and feel close to God unless they're consistently serving in God's kingdom. They feel closest to God when they're helping in ministry, serving others, or volunteering in some great cause. They're doers who at the heart level intuitively feel the reality of Jesus' words who said, when you do it for the least of these, you do it for me. Working in ministry moves 
them close to God. We have a bunch of you in our church that I know that's you. Because I watch it on your face. It's amazing. And here's the seventh category, and that is music and arts. These people get fired up when they sing, write poetry, listen to music, dance, draw, paint, etc. The song you heard this morning, written by a lady in our church that came from deep within her. And it moved her deeply. Yeah. Praising God speaks to their soul in the way other things don't. They often get so caught up in the lyrics of a song, they're moved to tears. Study often drains them, and other people can be distracting to them, but their spirit feeds off worship, especially through its artistic expressions. Expressing and enjoying God's praise moves them close to him. So, here's my prayer. That somewhere in those seven, you have an inkling, I think that could be me. Now, if this is a moment and a morning of just discovery, well, you'll feel smarter, but it won't actually change your life. Because here's what will change your life. And it's the last thing I'll read to you today. It's important for you to find your personal spiritual pathway or ways and to put yourself there regularly. That's huge. And then let the natural current carry you close to God. That's the tool for your life tool belt. Put yourself there regularly. What are, if it's creation, you have to build it into your calendar to go on hikes, take drives, go down to the coast, go to the Armstrong Redwoods, go, go somewhere where you get in nature and let the natural current carry you next to him. If it's relational, make sure that you're in a community group of people that help you get close to God and then get to that community group every week, every week, every week and let the natural current carry you close to God. Whatever it is, I want to pray for us. I want to encourage you to take that assessment home. Take the time to read through it, answer the questions, discover that about yourself and then get your calendar out and start putting in your calendar the results of that assessment. And watch your spirit come alive. Father, thank you for this beautiful and wonderful thing that you have created for us. We are so grateful. We are so blessed. And we want to be responsible with it. Thank you for giving to us individually a spiritual pathway with a strong natural current that draws us right next to you. We bless you and we thank you. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.